So that was that story. And we are back. And you are back. And now we have decent sound quality. How did that happen? Well, so the trip was completed. We had set, we had arranged to podcast earlier this week. And we've been trying to catch up with each other for a ridiculously long time. Yep. So we had, and, and that's the thing is I had set an appointment, blew it. You set an appointment. I was ready. You blew it. We, uh, we actually been, did record a whole episode a few weeks ago, but I was so tired at that episode that I so much did not like the recording that I never bothered to edit it and we never put it out there. I think nobody lost anything because of that. And and thus, we have another episode for the Patreon, the Lost Episodes because if you notice that the, the episodes that people record specifically for Patreon are kind of phoned in because they know that super fans are going to eat it up. And so they don't okay. really dedicate they, – they don't really reach out beyond their audiences. And they're, they're just – and they're, they're, full, they're full of uh, inside jokes and references and they're not really that – which They're not really that much fun to listen to. Which podcast do you listen to that you pay for on Patreon that you get to listen to those episodes? Well, I just find the episodes on tour that for their Patreon because they don't have DRM or anything on oh, them. Oh, so okay, 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 okay. Yeah, it, it's it's more for study. Like I, I wonder, man, what what kind of beautiful secrets are awaiting me, and in, in which because I want to know what I'm getting before I actually do the Patreon thing. And the funny thing is all of the podcasts or YouTube channels that I would otherwise like to Patreon, we're already making lots of money. Yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. That's yeah, dog. We, we have, we have that, that, is that Kona or is that shadow? Kona. It's Kona. Kona's a little princess. <laughs> Kona is a princess dog. So getting back to this, getting back to this, the thing we, I woke up at 10 to 10, 10 minutes before we had been, mm -hmm. well, I actually woke up earlier than that, but we're not going to get, get to that point. No, we can imagine. All of us can my, imagine. I'm cuddling with my girlfriend at 10 to 10 and I go over and look at my phone and that's when I see the signal message from you. Are you ready to podcast? I've got my <laughs> microphone set up. We're all ready to go. And I'm in bed. And I'm thinking, hmm, do I continue cuddling with my new girlfriend or do I throw on my dirty, dirty, uh, or do I throw on my ridiculously balls that are covered in clay and dust and dirt from all of my work at the nature center, jump in the car, go back to my parents' house to get my microphone to do the podcasting, then go to my office, get my laptop to do the podcasting because I left my laptop in the office. Yeah, of course. And then realize that I've abandoned my beautiful girlfriend and think maybe it's a good idea. I should go to the market to get her her favorite bread from her favorite, which I then go do. And then while I'm at the bakery, should I... Should I get some pastries that she likes? And so I get the pastries. This was not on the pre-show episode. The pre-show the pre-show was me, which you should go listen to if it's not already part of this podcast because we haven't decided that yet, uh, is my journey 
of getting to the point where I can get my microphone where we can properly podcast. And in there, there was a lot of illegal driving and talking on the phone and then Shanghaiing my, surprising my parents who haven't seen me in weeks. Uh, weeks? Or is it? Mm. <laughs> you went to the symphony with your dad. I did go to the symphony with my dad. So that was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. Um, and so now with all of that complete, we are back at the dining room table at my girlfriend's house where I now effectively live, uh, podcasting. So welcome to Several Ways to Live, a podcast that started out about Mexican food and culture and then ended up being about geeks with depression and now is all about nerds doing things in markets and girlfriends and train stories. Stories about stories about things that are better than Bond Card 100s. Cuz there's nothing better than a Bond Card 100. But oh wait, there is. Where, uh, <laughs> what's the, what's our traditional intro? You know, welcome to Several Ways to Live, a podcast whose mission is yet undefined. Where I, girlfriend haver, <laughs> litter box cleaner, acquirer of breads, girlfriend haver. You said that. H- have I mentioned that I'm in a relationship yet? Um, no, no. Have what is that? that? What I'm is in... that about a girlfriend, Nick? Uh, does a podcast with his friend. Florian, who is uh, probably already drunk, but that's fine because it's Saturday. No, it's Sunday. Sunday afternoon. And, and has no idea what the podcast is going to be about. No, no. We'll see. We'll see about that. Is it the same time there? No, it's Germany. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not that I'm going to judge. You are, a, you are a master naturalist. You know how the sun and the moon and the stars work. You do realize that Germany, being on a totally different continent. I didn't know it was Germany. Oh, okay. So, yes, he is in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's, it's, it's so dark. I actually turned on the light. Uh, otherwise, I just had the the... Uh, light uh, emitted by my laptop uh, shining on my face um oh she can't she still can't hear me right no she can't but she can read your lips through through the I video can. platform okay. which we are not going to okay okay which we are not going to i'm actually not sure if she can read your lips i cannot read your lips oh okay i just <laughs> okay thought. uh nicholas there's a microphone nicholas? in front of yes. those lips i ha- i have a question no, okay. I, I, I first I start with a story and then I ask you a question. Okay. Um, this Thursday, so I, I already in the in the pre-show, I I uh, talked to your parents and I told them that my new job is really really awesome, and uh, all the ways in which it is awesome, I think we we have to to talk about uh, at a later time. But you this, won the job lottery. You totally did. I did. I did. Um. Now this Thursday, I or at least actually I, two two months ago, I agreed to I offered to give a short talk about. Um, so no, let me back up. My uh, company uh, deals in they call it demand. Res- no, DRT demand responsive transport. Yes, that's the word. Demand responsive transport. That's a fancy way of saying uh, Uber. 
um, but in a good way, of course. And uh, so, and I uh, offered to give a talk about how Uber works in Mexico City. Basically, talk about a little bit uh, about um, how public transport works or what options are there of the public transport in Mexico City. How I want to talk about how taxis work. And then I want to talk about Uber and why for me, and I talked to Catherine yesterday about that, for Catherine and pretty much all the teachers at this German school, Uber changed everything. And they provided a service that is just so much better than anything else uh, that we, we had available that it's, it's really a new thing. And I want to ask you, first of all, um, do you know when Uber started in Mexico City? Second, uh, what was your experience with taxis in Mexico City? And what's your opinion on Uber in Mexico City? Hmm. Well, I first got to Mexico City in 2016, I want to say. No. And no. I th we no. met in 2015. Oh, really? No, maybe not. I don't know. Okay, I moved to Mexico at in January of 2016. Okay, so that that I know. January 2016. I had been there in 2015. And since 2015, I know that Uber was a thing in Mexico. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. It was and, not a thing in 2014 when I moved there. Okay. So our recollections are lining up correctly. Mm -hmm. Uh. So I really don't know a word. Although I do know from the people that I lived with in Mexico City that taxis were very bad. For, the first thing about Mexico City is that people pride themselves on their car. It is very much a car-centric city mm -hmm. to an extreme level. And we've talked about the subsidization of petroleum in Mexico City before. We've covered those things. But people love their cars People love going places in their cars. People really do not like taking buses, micros, peceros, the metro, the mexibus, the um, the uh, metrobus, the bus rapid transit lines. There are bus rapid transit lines. And I, I think people take public transportation in Mexico City begrudgingly. There isn't a big sense of pride that I mean, people have pride in certain stations, but it's not like New York where people ride the subway and they take the subway mm -hmm. and the subway subway stations are much more dense and comprehensive than they are in most of Mexico City. In general, mm -hmm. when you get to the outer boroughs and you get beyond Brooklyn, beyond Long Island City. So people loved their cars and they would drive. Taxis were something that you took... <laughs> Very rarely, and you were very suspicious of, a lot of violent crime happened with taxis. And the other thing you'll notice about taxis in Mexico City is, even though they are a certain kind of Nissan, about a third of them will not have license plates. They will have the taxi cab number on them, and on the back it'll say, En Tramite. The 
cars come basically from the factory like that. And taxi cabs don't go everywhere. The normal way that you get a taxi cab is going to a stand where they're waiting, which mm-hmm. doesn't really help if you're at your house or outside of a major area. You can't really, you can hail them on the street, but that's not really a thing. You have to call them and that's a, you have to figure out which number to call, which dispatchers. It's can can not, you call was, any taxi or is that just the radio taxis? Because there are certain, there, there are different levels of taxis. Uh, so I remember the, the, the red and golden taxis that you see everywhere. Those are the crappy ones. And then you have the, uh, the radio taxis. They have white cars. They, you can call them and they have the nice stands or, uh, but, um, can you call for a red and golden taxi to pick you up? It depends. You can do, ba- depending on how well you know the people. Now, there's, Mexico is all about relationships. Yep. And so what I am told used to happen is people would have a list of five different numbers. Mm-hmm. Usually, and then when WhatsApp became a thing, it was five different WhatsApps. And they would say, hey, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at my house at blah, blah, blah. Can anyone come pick me up? And the somebody would say, I am not available, or I could pick you up at the time. Most of the time, people would schedule their rides well in advance. <laughs> or mm-hmm. you'd call a taxi cab company, and they'd say right away, nope, we can't do anything. Or they would start off on this whole expansive network of different things. The radio taxis would work like radio taxis work everywhere else. The regular stands would basically – would call would ask one driver waiting in line, hey, do you want to go to blah, blah, blah? And then they they would say yes or no. And they'd say, okay, this driver's coming to come get you. Or they'd say, we don't have anybody waiting here. We can't help you. Try calling this other person. And it was a disorganized process. And Uber fixed that with the app. Now, mm-hmm. of course, there's also Lyft there. But Uber – And Cabify. The big – right. The big – but the big value add, the reason people like Uber – is because of the vetting that they do with their drivers. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that they're mostly new cars, mm-hmm. Uber was a safety thing. The big selling point to Uber, what made Uber, why people who would never take a ride share took Uber was because of the vetting that they did with their drivers. On top of the just convenience factor. And that... Everybody would always, in Mexico, just like in, I guess, in the U.S. or in Germany, you don't really look for your driver, which is why the app has to remind you. They always verified who the driver was Mm -hmm. in their Uber app in Mexico City. And that was very much a safety thing. Mm -hmm. That was the critical component. Whereas I would, and I'd never, I would very rarely, only if somebody was waiting for me or I had done something really wrong would I ever take an Uber outside of Mexico City. Inside Mexico City, when the buses were not running and I did not know how the peseros worked, I would and I wouldn't I wouldn't go to a ta- I would very rarely go to a taxi driver because the the non-radio taxis, the Nissans are not usually very well maintained. No, That's the other not. thing. They're I'm have you ever literally seen a hole in the floor of a car before no, on a freeway. No, but um, I have. <laughs> yeah, but almost. Let's let's say almost. 
um, right, exactly. But yeah, yeah, some some of the points I'm gonna uh, you know um, point to in the talk is stuff like seatbelts. Oh okay. yeah, no, they're not. No? They're nothing. Um, working brakes. Define working. Uh, well, uh, well, th th working. Th that's this is just this is <laughs> yeah. just my this is the yeah. point, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, okay. Um, um, so I'm just I I, I literally I I wanted to to, to pick your brain you know, and yeah. see, hear your opinion of this uh, before giving this talk because and and I'm kind of glad that you uh, confirmed all everything that I wanted to say in this talk just to you know I'm 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 not gonna give a profound talk that you know that enlightens everyone but uh, just uh, I'm gonna tell how things are in Mexico City and how. Uber actually improved the situation. Um, and that is something, and it, this is specific to Mexico. I mean, the, the safety aspect, it's, it's a very, very, very big part of this. Um, I always joked about how I, I, I like that. I was sitting in the Uber or I talked to, to Catherine and I said, I like that someone in the States, you know, somewhere in the, in the Uber headquarters or wherever, uh, sees that I am in this car and they see where I am. I joked about that. Kind of, you know, kind of jokingly. Now that I work at a company that does a little bit of the, you know, sort of the same thing i know they have dashboards there where they see all the cars on the map right where they are at the moment they see your name um and uh, in which car you are and uh, that is actually a good thing it's a good thing it, it depends some people might not like that um then they don't have to take uber but but it confirms right. what i uh, suspected about how it works with uber and well don't don't forget yeah. you you also work for a german company and you're a gummy banner i am a gummy banner right? yes yeah yeah gummy banner yeah so so basically the the trains the trains in germany are run by deutsche bahn yeah and so when you work for deutsche bahn you're saying you're a banner mm -hmm. like that means that you work for yeah. the train company in germany and i i this this is probably ridiculous to 80% of our listeners that I'm explaining this. I'm basically explaining this to Kristen, mm -hmm. who's right here, who cannot hear you because I have my noise-canceling headphones on. <laughs> also, how are you listening to me? You don't have headphones on. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. This, I have, oh, you, I oh have, okay. I you have, have the earbuds. Yeah. You have the earbuds. Okay. You have, he has the earbuds. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if Catherine, his wife, walked in, who's an, also an educator, I should say that Kristen is a master naturalist and an educator. Um, Master Naturalist, that reminds me of uh, the computer game Colonization, because there you had Master Carpenters and Master Preachers, whatever. So, uh, so, so she's a, Kristen is a Master Naturalist. That's good. What is a Master Naturalist? <clears throat> uh, I connect people to the ecology of the land, looking for those connections between plants, animals, Fungi, soil, uh, water, sunshine, how all of those interact, how we uh, also are members of the ecosystem and, and how we're impacting that ecosystem. 
And I just have been doing it a long time. Sounds good. Maybe you should describe your programs yesterday. I mm. I have described them from the perspective of the maintenance volunteer who is busy for the old trail markers that I think you like and that other people <laughs> like so much. Uh, I had a program called Forest Secrets Revealed. Uh, so looking at those tracks from animals, uh, also just looking at where people were in their own connection and, and how they wanted to know more about where we were. So as we were working, walking through a maple, beech, oak, um, uh, older growth forest that then transitioned to farmland that's regenerating. Uh, so a lot of uh, more what we call here the state's pioneer species uh the aspen, the red maple that move in, um, a lot of the shrubs, dogwood shrubs and such that move into these spaces uh, and then create the soil and shade. So we were just looking for clues from deer, rabbit, squirrel, uh, raccoon, and yellow-bellied sapsucker and, and connecting them to their, to their environment. That sounds like a trip that Catherine just would love to take. You know, she would love that stuff. And and I love that stuff, which is why I what. Yeah, yeah. tell her about Catherine. How she, you know, what I just said, because she can't hear. Me. Oh, what what? Okay, yes. What Florian said was uh, that his wife Catherine would love that. Mm. He would love to go on a walk. I'd love to be part of one of your programs. That would be fabulous. That's what you're saying with that. <laughs> and I was just watching our, our little terrorist cat, Baklava Bates, conquering all of the things. Can you explain, okay, as a master naturalist, can you explain why cats like to, like to just lay their entire bodies on things like backpacks <laughs> and your mail and mm. my uh, overalls when I'm wearing a suit and my job mm. as an accountant? <laughs> I think the mystery of why cats do that is why, uh, part of why us humans are um, their caretakers uh, compared to dogs that uh, are always looking to what we are doing. We're kind of looking to what the cats are doing and trying to figure them out and like, mm, what is going on in that little psychopath's mind? <laughs> So the other point that I forgot about taxis in Mexico, since I'm so good at closing loops and bringing things <laughs> back to where, aren't I? Mm. Aren't I good at closing loops in our ridiculously long threaded discussions? Mm -hmm. One point I also forgot was that it's cheap. It is less expensive than taxi cabs. And the other thing about taxi cabs in, in Mexico is that not all of them will have meters. No. And a lot of them will just quote you a ridiculous price mm -hmm. if you don't know any better. Yep. Or they just leave it off. Oh, I that that's a good point. I have yeah. to put that in my talk. Um how that's a problem. How I one night I just the the story that I always tell is that I was uh, out drinking in the city center, uh, Centro Historico, and I went home and the fair was 
like I mean, now one time I paid like 150 pesos, which was way overpriced. It was like double the price uh, than usual. Uh, another time uh, they he asked for 80, and I uh, then I uh, told him, okay, I got 100, and then he said he didn't have change. Uh, and you know he basically wanted me to hand him the hundred and then leave, and then he got out at three o'clock uh, in the morning, and uh, came back three minutes later and uh, gave me his change that he had all along, um, stuff like that. Um, that doesn't happen to you with Uber, and that's another thing is that it Uber culturally is very it's a a way of doing business that Mexicans find love that Mexicans find refreshing that most Mexicans want, but is usually unfortunately not how business is done mm-hmm. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, at the consumer level, yes, but when you're talking about lots of independent contractors and things like that, you don't have a lot of well enforced regulations. And Uber, being a centralized app, was that. I don't want to get into a position where I am what's the term for it uh guerrilla marketing what's the term that I always use the uh where, where I'm uh yeah I know what buzz marketing that's what buzz, marketing. buzz marketing yeah buzz marketing that particular name brand which has done some really horrible awful things yes uh and is supported by horrible awful people mm-hmm and whose capital was, but but at the same time, uh, when we're talking about a specific context, some priorities, the sa- obviously the safety of people will take priority over a lot of different things. And in this case, safety and safety and the side benefit is yes, it is much cheaper. I don't know if it still is. I think they're going to do the same thing eventually, but. The other thing about Mexico is people are also very stuck in their ways. You'll have people that swear by networks of taxi cabs that have always been using the same 15 guys their mm-hmm. entire lives. Mm-hmm. They're on WhatsApp. They're in big WhatsApp groups now. I mean, And who will do that and who will not use tech- – and the oh, the other thing that I forgot to mention is that a lot of people, professionals, will have a driver Yeah. that if somebody makes like manager or partner in an accounting firm or runs an – enterprise they'll have a driver and the driver will basically be on call 24 7 to drive the person's car and will go pick up and drop off whoever like their whole job is to basically stand and wait around uh waiting to be you know the personal assistant in all things that drivers need yeah i think that was so the intention of my talk is also that not to endorse and promote the company of uber but explain how much better the service is that they provide than what exists uh, um, otherwise that it actually didn't make any difference for us anymore that the company is so awful and the from what I have heard, I, I still have to dig into that. But from what I've heard, the ex- the mere existence of Uber and their attempt to to enter the German market 
was one reason for my company, my employer, to to you know start happening. You know, they, they there were people in inside of Deutsche Bahn that said, okay, there's Uber, and if Uber has its way, they are going to destroy the the public transport system, or at least big parts of it. And uh, they started thinking about uh, what can we do to prevent that. And so I'm definitely not going to, not because I'm employed employed now by this company, but um, just in general, I, I'm not going to say Uber is going to self, save the world. But the difference of service that they provided, the, the improvement of service that they provided in Mexico City was just so immense that uh, <laughs> you have to <laughs> think about what that means. Absolutely. Right. So that I, I think that brings a proper close to that topic. What else yep. did you want to discuss today? Um, um, let me check my list. Um, I think that is the, the, the that was my main point. Uh, you so, brought so up normally, you brought up a very good draft idea a few weeks back. Okay, this is for Kristen, and also uh -huh. as a recap for those recent podcast listeners. When we Flor this this podcast started out. Back when Flory and I both lived in Mexico City, we would go to a re different restaurant, mm -hmm. and we would be we would try the food. Mm -hmm. We would have the food at the restaurant. I would explain a little bit about what it was, or Florian would explain a little bit what it was. Just enjoying the amazing food that there is to enjoy. And we would have usually as a part of the episode this thing called a draft, which resembles a draft for a fantasy sports league, for example, mm. where you would pick different players and then depending on what the players did throughout the week, you'd mm -hmm. score points, things like that. But our drafts would be, so what are your favorite Mexican tacos? What are your favorite Mexican taquerias? What are your favorite uh, ways of getting around Mexico City, your favorite metro stations, different things like that. Occasionally got more serious. Uh <laughs> And so this is another serious <laughs> like, like draft when idea. we met at the Frankfurt airport and talked about ways how western civilization is going to die. That, that but that that I that's that that yes, one of the serious ones was where we met. And that's the other thing is at, there's this place at the Frankfurt airport called the Square, mm -hmm. which I think is the largest office building in Europe, something like that. I have no idea. I wish I worked there because then my uh, my commute would be even shorter than it is now. Right. It's the the intercity train station for the Frankfurt Airport. They built an office building on top of it. Mm -hmm. We would meet there when I would be in Europe to do a podcast, usually at the Starbucks. Was it Starbucks? We met podcast? at the uh, Paulana restaurant once and then at the Starbucks right. once. Exactly. So we... And one of the ideas I had when I was very depressed there, I forgot what 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 exactly was going on at the time. But yes, we did do a draft where we picked different ways that Western civilization would end. Mm -hmm. Our favorite ways that Western civilization goes end, which is a topic that Kristen <laughs> is also very versed in and likes to talk about and is one of the reasons why... We are very much in alignment about a lot of things that Kristen actually just listened to. And I do need to give a shout out to the Life is a Festival podcast, um, 
with of Eamon Armstrong, somebody who I've got I I haven't gotten to know Eamon very well in person. We because at Burning Man during the event you can't get to know people very well at all. But I love his podcast, and Kristen just listened to the first podcast of his that I found, which is where he is interviewing Zach of the Fly, which I've become very enamored with and involved in. Uh, and Kristen, after listening to that podcast, realized, oh, burning that that was one of the first things she said when I came in, traipsing through the door after this long adventure to get a microphone on my laptop so that we could podcast. And you said that. Uh, I hadn't realized the organization of Burning Man was so aligned with how I want to impact the world. That being regenerative, uh, finding ways to have celebration, but on a cyclical and authentic way on, mm -hmm. in our communities and having community in the first place, uh, cooking food for each other, growing food for each other. And so that was wonderful to, to learn that there's more behind it than when you just hear about, as you said, those um, kids heading out to the desert and getting drunk and um, they're not getting art. drunk. They're mostly or getting just, high. What a, yeah. yeah. They're, they're mostly doing lots and lots of different kinds of substances which then leads us into the draft idea, which I had, was mm -hmm. our favorite events. Mm -hmm. So are we going to stop from – are we going to go – how many are we going to do? We're just going to back and forth uh, this. How, how many do you think we should do in this draft? I, I, um, I thought about this when we, you first proposed this. And I think I'm going to go a whole different direction than you will. Um, and I have four, four that I want to pick. And I know that you are not going to pick these. So I have four. And before that, we have to take a break so I can go uh, to the bathroom and then get some more alcohol because I do get drunk. I don't take substances. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to take a break. Cue the, uh, cue the horns. All right. <laughs> So we're back from yep. the break. Are we back officially? We're back officially. We are back officially. We are back officially. The your draft idea, I think, was very interesting. Uh, mine. So, yeah, or was it mine? That, that okay, was yours. your spin on it. Your spin on it. So you you haven't I, heard my spin on it. I did hear your spin on it. You told us what your spin on it was before the break. Okay, you, you, I don't know what it's going to be like. So now that's going to cause me to want to change mine so mm. my so we're going from from bottom up right no Correct. you you pick your your favorite you, you want the number one draft pick oh so we're going number one and then down sure. then i'm gonna say the 23 then i'm gonna say the 23 c3 in berlin on the, the other 23rd hand, on the other hand you will pick totally different events than I will. So yes. um, it doesn't really And matter. I might not, and I'm going to talk about, even though the, uh, can, can Baklava have the rest of the cinnamon that he's licking the plate? 
I'm asking Kristen this. You can smack him, too. Well, I just love... Anyway, the Apocalypse of Bates is our terrorist cat. I'm going to say... I'm going to start with... Even though I could list four... I could easily list four events. I could say the Chaos Communications Congress. I could say the camp. I could say Burning Man. I could say DEFCON. I could say Hope. Uh, I could say Rubicon. I could name events as a series of events in this mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. That's what the I assumed that you were going for, yes. No, I'm going for discrete events. Okay. And the reason that I say that the 23C3, that was my first Chaos Communications Congress. And that event, were you to... To make that event, if, if you could tape the 3D reality of the event and walk around in it and hear the conversations, see the talks, see the products, see people working on the things that they were working on for that as part of that event, and be inside the space, the BCC, and experience that, and then go to Leipzig to what is we're approaching the 36th Chaos Communications Congress. The difference between the two is incredibly hard to grasp. That I think the first Burning Man at Baker Beach probably has more in common with the Burning Man of today than the 23C3 has with the current incarnation of it. And it's my favorite event in my memory, in my history, because... I think it may have been the last event that I attended that I felt comfortable attending and that it introduced me to the magic of a culture, a sub, I mean, a, a culture, the, the hacker subculture that I had come to believe through vast experience did not exist anywhere in the world. The, the, I, the, it's very rare that in your life you encounter the true embodiment of all of a decade's worth or a lifelong's worth of big expectations and then have them all met after you have given up on them being entirely met. <laughs> I think romantically this happens quite a bit. People will give up on finding their quote-unquote ideal partner. And then right after they give up on finding them, boom, they find them. I don't know if that happens so much with subcultures. And that's the thing. It was a vast departure. People had been telling me, oh, you got to go to this thing in Germany. I'm like, what are the what kind of concert, hacker conferences are they running in Germany? I don't know if people would have that experience now. People are much used to much larger events. And they walk in to much larger events. They have their smaller regional editions and then boom, the big editions. Sort of like the mm-hmm. difference between um, goulash, programmeer. What's what's the GPN? Yeah, goulash, never programmeer. Enough, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that, the Congress. A, the, that's the thing I was already thinking about it when you mentioned that. Uh, yeah. and, and, and from what you read on the, on, on the internet, you know, in quotation marks. Is that uh, there? There's quite a few people that 
prefer start to prefer these smaller events which the Gulash Programmiernacht actually isn't anymore um, to the big one in but, in it, but it is but yes it is. of course it is how many how many people go to the GPN I don't know two thousand a thousand but but that's the thing is that that was the size yeah, of yeah, the twenty three C three so everything is relative mm-hmm. so now that so that's my that's my top draft pick. So that that was twenty three C three, yeah. All right. So I, I was when when you proposed this draft, I thought you were talking about like the Congress, the camp, Burning Man, and stuff. And and now I'm gonna go uh, totally no no not completely different path because um, I can. F- so I'm not going to pick any of those. I would not pick the Congress as my favorite event. Uh, don't ask me about why that is. Um, it's it's going to be different things. But because I have four, I told you uh, I have four, so we're going to pick four. Uh, on the fourth place, um, I'm going to pick the little wine festivals that are happening like in uh, Rheinhessen like you know where my father lives where we had our wedding um, or just the it's it's called in German it's Hoffest I don't see you I don't see the face you make right now come back into the what what yeah that face okay wait let me take the, the screenshot do it again uh done all right and um because they are they are so relaxed you go there you just go there and drink and eat and that's all you do and everything's fine um of course i'm gonna pick a a, a, a single one because you are also picked a single one i'm going to pick um it's a, it's an event it's called reinradeln uh, reinradeln uh, it's it's uh, the word consists of the rhine the rhine river and radeln which is uh, going by bike um so it's it's a day uh, in sometime in spring where they close off one of the large streets in in rheinhessen to just be used by bicyclists uh, bicyclists So, um, oh wow, Kristen would love this. Yeah, it's it's like 80 kilometers of of large roads that are closed off for traffic, and uh, you just go there by bike. And all the little wineries right next to that road they ha- they are open for you know they serve wine and food. Just go there and um, yeah, just have fun. And then you know the the you can take a trip you know you go 30 kilometers in one direction stop at every <laughs> winery on the way have a glass of wine have a sausage have a steak and then you go back home uh, the other way and now the i'm gonna pick the Rheinradeln 2018 which was last year um, and it was the first time that I helped my father. So I, I think we talked about, I hope we talked about that before. The place where Catherine and I celebrated our wedding is uh, one of the, the wineries there in Gunther's Bloom. Um, and one of many in that area. 
Um, but what we like to from time to time we help out uh, when they have events there and uh, that uh, that was the first time that I helped my father you know run the grill they have they have wine there they serve wine and they have served lots of food and uh, but they also have a grill where they have steak and uh, they grill the steak and um, for the past few years my father had you know done that and run the grill and now I'm slowly taking over that Uh, responsibility um, not to make a lot of money or not to just but it's fun that is you know you go to events and they you help out and I go there and I help out on the on the grill and it's fun you know you stand at the grill all day and it's hot and 20 uh, in 2018 it was really hot outside too and then you have that grill which is fired by you know those wine I don't know the, the English word for that but the wine the wood that you get from the, the wine. casks no 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 Wait, not the, from the, the casks from the, the plants vines? yeah the vines mm. the vines But the wood, you know, from those old vines, when they, you know, after 30, 40 years, they get all the vines out of, uh, out of the ground. That burns really, really hot. And uh, so uh, last year I started uh, helping at that event and I run the grill and it is a lot of work, but it's fun. And it's just, it's a day where everyone, you know, it's, it's life. Yeah. So. That's what that's my pick. Rheinradl in 2018. So my second pick would be the May 2019 Burners Without Borders gathering at Fly Ranch, which was the very first Burners Without Borders big family summit gathering at Fly Ranch because that's where I fell in love with The Fly Ranch Project, that's how I got back involved with Burning Man in a much more meaningful, organizationally meaningful way. And that's where I met a lot of the people that I spend a lot of time talking to and planning with. And that's my, that's my current, let's, let's try to get together and build community to survive the fall of the world as we know it. Whereas I think my first foray into the hacker world, uh, you know, coming into adulthood out of college, outside of just being fascinated by it, uh, was how, let's, how do I become a part of a community and build a community to save the world in the conventional way that we think of saving the world? Now it's, I, I think that we have to sort of give way to the fact that the world as we know it is coming to a close. There's nothing left to be really saved. It's how do we build the next world? How do we get prepared for it? I mean, obviously nobody wants, I don't, I think the collapse of civilization as we know it will bring a lot of suffering. will bring a lot of carnage. will bring a lot of really awful things, but It's better to prepare for that than to think that we have agency in – to think that we have real agency to change things that need to be changed. You know, just look at what's happening with climate change as an example of that. So getting back to the draft, I think that is where I – just like at the 23C3 when I had become completely and utterly disgusted – Not disgusted, but just disillusioned 
disillusioned with the hacker scene. I, before going out to Fly Ranch, I was very disillusioned with people who were focused on permaculture and climate change resistant farming and regenerative efforts in the world. That's where I realized, oh, hey, yes, of course there's a community out there of people who are really excited about doing these things because they need to be done, not because they're the next big thing they can market themselves around. So that's why I pick that event um, as my second chance, as my second choice. Now I'm looking for what's, what's yours. Now I got to figure out what's, what's your number two here. It's going to come from a direction that I'm not expecting at all. Um, I'm looking at my list because, as you know, I make a list. You just, you know, you just have it all in your head. And I try to rank this correctly. So, uh, my, my, the, the general, um, area of my second pick is actually, it's football matches. And I'm talking about European football. Just. Are you talking about European football or are you talking about Bundesliga? Okay. In your mind, what's 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 the difference to you? I, I mean, so you're. I think there's a difference between Bundesliga, Champions League, Premier League. I mean, aside from which which uh, division that they're playing in, and then there's whatever the whatever the FIFA European Cup is called. What is that called? Uh, What the FIFA? So you got the Champions League, and then nowadays it's called the Europe League, I think. Okay. okay. Specifically, to be honest, I'm only talking about uh, football matches of my f favorite team, which is the uh, sports club Freiburg. Um, I don't care. Right, about which is a Bundesliga team. Which at the moment is a Bundesliga team sitting at fourth place after 11 games. Just Ooh, to put it out there, you know, which yes. is amazing. Anyway. Right, which is huge. So, yeah. I, I do, I immensely enjoy uh, going to um, football matches, go to see football matches. Catherine does too. Catherine, she cares about the, 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 the team, the SC Freiburg team, because she's lived in, uh, in Freiburg. But when I watch it on TV, she doesn't really care. But any chance we can go to the stadium, uh, she comes with us because it's an amazing – I do like the experience. You go there and you have beers with your friends and you have bratwurst with your friends. So there's a term – have you ever heard the term Stadionwurst? Is that like the feeling of being in a stadium? No, it's, it's, it's the bratwurst that you get at the stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's a special thing. And and now I put this out there. If anyone wants to disagree, go at, uh, go at it. But um, the Stadionwurst in Freiburg is the best and the beer in Freiburg is the best. Just, you know. All right. Just so you know. And I think I thought about, you know, what was my favorite match that I saw. And it was a match, I believe it was in early 2013 or late 2012. It was uh, the quarterfinals. Actually, it was not Bundesliga. It was the DFB uh, Pokal. So it's the cup, the German cup. Uh, it was a quarterfinals uh, of SC Freiburg against uh, Mainz. Mainz is very close to, to uh, Mannheim and uh, Frankfurt as well. Oh, there is a dog. So what's his name? Her name? 
Her name is Kona. Kona. Hello, Kona. Kona's the princess. Kona's the princess who's also a clumsy princess. So uh, the story behind that is it was I think it was a Tuesday night and uh, I did not have tickets for that game. Huh? Oh, let me take a screenshot. All right. And uh, yes. All right. Got it. And that was a time when you actually met nice people on Twitter. And I had, uh, you know, got to know this one guy a few months earlier, uh, fellow Freiburg fan, uh, Sven Metzger. Hello, Sven. Uh, he's not to uh, listening to this podcast, but he does a another podcast too, so multiple podcasts, but they are sports, so you wouldn't care about it. And uh, somehow he put it out on Twitter that he had a, uh, a ticket left over, and I said, eh, I'm going to take that. And he picked me up at my work, um, and we went, yeah. And we went to the to the to the match together, and um, it was a really it was an amazing game because somehow um, the opposite team they ha got the the first goal after four minutes, and then for eighty minutes nothing happened, and then we got uh, the equalizer, and then somehow in overtime we sh we shot you know the two one, and it was an amazing game. And we were instant friends then. It was, you know, we didn't know each other, but we went to that match and we had a lot of fun. And it was, um, yeah, stuff that sports does. I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast don't care about sports and you don't care about sports ball. Uh, I, and that's, I, that's okay. I, I am, I, here's the thing I will be excited about anything that you are excited about. If I was going to choose something of my own that – if I was going to choose something of my own to do in this country on my own, my first choice would almost assuredly not be somehow related to sports ball. <laughs> But at the same time, just like we are very good friends, we've gotten to know each other very much, if, if an opportunity came up for me to go to a – sports ball game i would do that mm -hmm. and i would do it gladly and i would have a good time yeah that's it i mean i know it's entertainment and it entertains me immensely yeah so for my third pick or is this my third this is my third mm -hmm. for my third pick i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it off a little bit for my third mm -hmm. pick as far as a favorite event of mine i'm just gonna throw this one to Kristen. i'm gonna seed my third draft pick over <laughs> To Kristen, you only got two her. left. I know, but I, I I think Kristen deserves at least one for <laughs> everything that I've put her through this morning. <laughs> and I do have a favorite event, okay, uh, that I've been to, and unfortunately, it does not occur right now. It was the Great Lakes Traditional Arts Gathering, which was hosted uh, for not a full week, but almost a full week in uh, northern Michigan, where traditional artisans from around the country gathered to share their skills with those who are interested in uh, working with uh, bark for traditional bark canoes, uh, tanning leather with the, the traditional brain tan leather of deer skin, 
um, going through that whole process, being able to make your own uh, darts for hunting, uh, making baskets, uh, just any of those skills that people have uh, passed on and know how to create their own from the resources around them. Uh, so that self-sufficiency, uh, a connection to the land of thinking of what the land has as gifts instead of just resources uh, that we can steward. And that community there of being in a beautiful natural space uh, on Lake Huron, on an island where we are uh, sharing stories, just listening to um, these folks who have had amazing experiences and have built up their skills, listening to those stories. That was a really wonderful community to me that I needed at a time where I was looking to tap back into my own personal interests and, and grow um, that I'd let go stagnant for too long. So it was a really beautiful place for me to be back and, and building that. Um, so Great Lakes Traditional Arts Gathering. There's some other ones. I think um, the Rabbit Count and um, Primitives Gatherings um, around the country have similar uh, similar style to them, but I've not been to them. Right. Thank you. All right. Now it's your pick. Your Where's your oh. third? All right. My third pick. Uh, this is actually my favorite. I would prop. I, I wonder if I would swap this out for my first pick, but so my, for my last pick, um, I, even more uh, actually much more than football matches i enjoy live performances of musicians uh, so live concerts is um and i realized this just in, in the last few months i i enjoy this much much more than probably anything else and um my absolutely favorite concert that I ever witnessed is was I believe it was 2011. We went actually we went with our own band to play at the Kimsey Reggae Summer um, in the summer of 2011. I believe that I don't know maybe it was 2012. And one afternoon at like four o'clock, nobody was there. Actually, everybody left. I don't see you in the video. Can you come back in the video so I can see your reactions? Thank you. Um, it was, I think it was in, uh, four o'clock in the afternoon and some other German band had played before that and everybody was leaving the main stage. And then there was Fat Freddy's Drop. And, and then there was what? Fat Freddy's Drop. You've, I, I haven't told you about Fat Freddy's Drop. Fat Freddy's yeah. Drop is a band from New Zealand. And they are the best band in the world. And you have not ever heard of them. Okay. Um, they played for 60 minutes. They played like five or six songs in 60 minutes. Um, and it was the best concert that I probably ever saw ever. 
Is it Fab Freddy's Drop? Fat Drop? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. Fab or Fat? Fat. Fat. Fat Freddy. Freddy's Drop. Drop. Is it was, like, it was drop uh, an hour mic. of, yes, Drop. It wasn't, I, I, of course, I, I stood of? very uh, uh, close to the, the um, front of house where the best sound is. And it was one hour of just mesmerizing. I was, I was in trance almost of one hour. You know, I listened to the music. I was just standing there. And I was completely into that music. It changed. I later that night, uh, one of the biggest artists, the, one of the biggest reggae artists ever, uh, Anthony B, played on that same stage, and I went to to see him. And after five minutes, I knew no, I cannot do that because i was still so much so emotionally involved in that concert that i saw at four o'clock in the afternoon that i could not see anybody else and that was i knew the band before that uh, i was very much looking forward to that concert but i had never seen them live and it was uh simply you know the the weekend was done after that <laughs> you know? Fat Freddy's Freddy Strop. Okay, I I am very amazed that I've never told you about that band because it's one of the best there is. Okay, but uh, to you know, um, just to put it out there, the second band that I would you know always go see is Alpha Blondie and the Savola System, and you don't look like you know them either. Okay, anyways, I'll put link, uh, um, you know links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. Yeah. So, wow, I have my last one. Uh, I'm just going to say this past Burning Man, Burning Man 2019. Because it's the Burning Man that I won. I actually won the Necklace Factory Prize, which nobody knows what it is. Nobody has any idea what this thing is. I, I read at the last BWB gathering, I ran across somebody who had actually won one. And she was like, is that the thing in the manila envelope that they give you at the end? And it's, it's not just one person. They hand out 300 of these things, but uh, it was a very, probably as, as stressful as Shaw was. But without the stay in the hotel across the canal. <laughs> but but at the same time, I, I did redeem that in the end. I don't know if Shaw was ever properly redeemed, but um, but we will we will find out once I finish working on my boat. Once I finish working on my boat, that's what I, that was the next time I intended to come to Europe. But it looks like I might have to come to thirty sixty three. I I can't explain why. I think. What happened this past Burning Man is something that we should dedicate some kind of episode to yeah. at some point. It was epic, epically stressful, epically just epic in many, many, many different ways. Um, and I had a really great time with it. I had an amazing time with it. Anyway, that was that. So I will... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I don't know what else to say about that. I have to really organize my thoughts better. But yep, that's my last draft pick. Now what is 
I'm waiting to hear what yours is. Okay, I'm tempted it, to give another one to Kristen just outside of the, all of this, but what do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, you want to you, you keep going. You, you keep going. You I want to hear you wanna guess problem. what kind my next pick is? My last pick? My favorite I'm going to guess that it's a hacker camp. No. It does have anything to do with hacker stuff. No. Huh. Um, does it have to do with podcasting? No. Then I'm totally stumped. Okay. What's my favorite thing to do? What's your favorite thing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, Besides podcasting with you. Of course. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Beside pause, beside pause. Um, mm. Drinking beer? Uh, drinking beer on stage. Drinking beer on no, stage? No, being on stage and drinking beer is just a part of that. Oh, playing music when you're playing with your band. Exactly. So that oh, was, you know, the, the overall, oh, the overall of theme course, would be. Of course, yes. No, music. The, and this is as you know the the draft is about my favorite events now my the absolute favorite thing i want i do and i do so few times a year is standing on stage playing music with my friends with my band and making people dance and of course i want to pick one particular uh, concert uh, I could pick the last one. No, no, the last one, the the one we played last December. That was really, really good after so long a time. Uh, but I'm going to pick uh, one concert that I believe happened in uh, 2007. Uh, it was a student party in Freiburg. And the, the biggest student parties in Freiburg happened at the... Okay, now you will like that. Are you still listening? You are not listening. Kristen, indicate that I'm listening. Give, give a thumbs up. <laughs> so there's there's a part of the university that teaches. I don't know what the the English word is. Forestry, like uh, the first is uh, the uh, so in German it's Forstwissenschaften. I don't ask me. Uh, natural resource management? Yeah. Huh? Natural yeah. resource management? That sounds about right. Um, I mean, this is... Then, I mean, there is forestry, too. I am actually listening, but I have to go to the bathroom really badly. He is listening. He just... Yeah. To. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, Kristen, say no, really. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> And they they have you. an <laughs> amazing building in, in Freiburg and they have a big inner yard where they have lots of space. And uh, we played there uh, a few times at their summer parties. And in 2007, they, have a, they had a big stage. We played there at Headliners. I don't know why, um, because probably we didn't cost a lot. Um, and there, I, I want to say there were 500 people in front of the stage, but probably it was more like 300. Uh, we had an amazing time. And then somehow, in, in the summer in Freiburg, there's always this, it's called Zeltmusik Festival. It's the Tent Music Festival. What's that? 
next shown me a picture of a building. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess that is. That's the, it. Yeah, yeah. That is. That is. He showed me the building of the uh, Forstwissenschaften in Freiburg. All right. They, and they translate it as forestry and the environment. All right. Which is natural resources. And uh, what we Some found out happened. later that night is that um, at that Zelt Musik Festival. I believe it was the band Faithless that played there. And during our concert, suddenly there were three guys in front of the stage in the first row that were, I mean, they looked like, they didn't look like students, they, but they were really into what we were doing. And they asked, at one point in the concert, they asked to, to you know, join us on stage. So, so I, the story that I remember is they were actually the backing band of the band Faithless that had played at that music festival in Freiburg before uh, at that that same uh, evening, and they joined us on stage. They sang one or two songs uh, with us, and then they played two or three songs uh, themselves on stage, and we had a great time. And that was, I think, one of the greatest um, concerts that we ever played. Not music-wise, because I don't think we were as good as we are now. But I remember But it very, like very fondly. Oh, yes, we did. Okay. That brings uh. me to December 14th, because whoever listens to this, uh, if you are in Germany, if you want to see me play live... You have dates! I have one date, and that is December 14th. It's at the same place south of Bühl, uh, which is called Ochsenweier, or Ochenweier. I you know hit me up on that but it's just two kilometers south of the Buhl, Buhl uh, train station by foot um, the place is called Grünerbaum you will find that uh, Green Tree you know if you want to entertain Kristen it's the place is called Green Tree um, you can Grünerbaum? go uh, see Gruner me there Grünerbaum. we're gonna rock that place is it Grünerbaum yes it is Okay, Green Tree, Grunerbaum. Well, excellent. So that's... I think we have two podcasts worth of material. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know how you're going to do the pre-show stuff, but I look forward to doing the notes. I will do the notes with Kristen. Kristen, will you do the notes with me? Sure. That's good. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. The show notes. <laughs> yep. That's Still basically where I that where I Google all the stuff that's happening in the podcast that I don't know about. Okay. And and duck duck doe things I do know about. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do well, that. Thank you for po thank you for podcasting. Thank you for dealing with my chaos. Thank you to Kristen for dealing with my chaos this morning. And you're probably pretty good and good and in your cups right now, so I'm gonna leave you to that. <laughs> And we will see you next time, whenever that next time happens to be, on the Several Ways to Live Radio Network. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, right, yeah, no, not. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, take okay. care. All right. Say hello to Have fun. Kristen. Have fun. It's Kristen says, Florian says bye. Bye. Bye, Florian. Nice to meet you. Bye. See you.